Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Thank you for coming in. No problem. I'm really excited to talk about stuff. Comics. And comics and stuff. Comics and stuff. Yeah, that's. Uh, we should do a podcast called Comics, comics and, and Stuff. It yeah. would be a huge hit. Yeah. Who doesn't love comics and stuff? Yeah, everybody likes stuff and comics. I like both those things. All right. Let's start on one of those aspects, and I want to focus in on Robin. On Robin? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. My favorite superhero. This is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Uh, this is why I bring it up because that's a good way to kind of introduce you. So, Robin, mm-hmm. why Robin? I think Robin because when I first got into superheroes, I was like, you know, like eight or nine, and Robin's like only like twelve or thirteen or sixteen, whatever you're reading. So you're like, Robin's like you're in. You're like you could be Robin when you're little. And as I grew up, I like just like really respected the guy because he fights the same guys as Batman, but he's like 90 pounds and yeah. wearing a bright yellow costume. I'm like, I think this is more impressive than what Batman does. And you're talking you, about like uh, Dick or which Robin? Um, My all-time favorite's Tim. I mean, most stuff is Dick. Tim is the best one. Tim is the best Robin. Yeah. Everybody should know this, right? right? Tim is the best Robin. Dick's a really good Robin, mm-hmm. uh, but Tim's the best Robin. Yeah, I love, I think Tim is the smartest Robin. He's 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 the most like me, and then he like he just follows the rules, and he's not impulsive, and he thinks things through. If I was a Robin, I'd be Tim. He likes stuff too. He likes he loves stuff. He loves nerdy things. He likes <laughs> history and hacking, and yeah, I think he's the Robin of the modern age. And yeah. Dick is the one that none of us will ever be because nerds will never be acrobats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tough uh, act to follow. But what about Jason? Did you vote to uh, to kill him off? Or Jason was did you long call? dead by the time I okay. started reading comics. Well, long dead, like three or four years. Yeah. Um. So I didn't get a chance. To, to speak for Jason. Um, I, I was have... reading Batman at that time, so I was glad that he was gone. Oh, I did was, you vote to kill him? I didn't know because it was only available in the States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the... Okay, so I, I know, we didn't anyway. get to participate in the death of a Robin. <laughs> I'm like, come on. You're... I'm not sure if I would have killed him, only because uh, I think Jason is like my le- one of my least favorites. I mean, he was my least favorite until Damien. <laughs> I hate Damien. Um, but uh, I don't know if I would have voted for him because I'm really nervous because i would be worried i'm like well if i vote to kill robin will i get a new robin i probably would have been worried that there'll be no more robins if i vote to kill him but like yeah i would have voted him off if it was like an american idol robin style yeah <laughs> damien's worse i because spoiler stephanie brown she was well it's got retcon now thank god mm-hmm. it's still with me though you <laughs> still think of her as a robin yeah because the problem when you retcon something is like i still read it yeah it's i still have this book it <laughs> yeah. didn't get like you didn't come in dc didn't come into my house and steal all my <laughs> yeah. comics and yeah like, and the memories happen yeah so i'm like uh it doesn't help me much uh she <laughs> was the worst robin to well, me i also i did not like her as robin i agree um, I mean, yeah, we would have one eight hundred called her I and like crowbar I mean, the they, whole bit. They did kill her eventually, yeah. like six months later. Um, I think didn't Dan Didio even say she wasn't a real Robin? That's why she didn't get like a case in the mm. memorial. Yeah, yeah. So she didn't get a vault case when she died. Yeah, Good. she wasn't. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't a real Robin. I never. I really started to like Stephanie like in the new 52 lately. I think she's been good. Nope. And I liked her when she was spoiler. I did not like her nope. as Robin at all. No. My, no. She's just been DOA. You've never, you never liked her? Never <laughs> no, not as spoiler, not as uh, Batgirl even? I, I didn't mind yeah. her as Batgirl. I mean, no one was ever going to be a better Batgirl than Barb. Right. But at the same time, though, um, there's kind of a, um, I don't know, maybe it's a nostalgia thing, but it's just when Barbara was um, Oracle, that oh, was such a good life. Barbara life. was Oracle. Like, 
you you don't want to sacrifice the Batgirl thing because she is the best Batgirl. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you don't want to give up the Oracle, and you need the whole like wheelchair thing and nerd thing, like that whole setup and the little giant clock tower. And... It's hard. You kind of want to have it all. You kind of want. I want a storyline where Barbara gets cloned, so we can have a Barbara Batgirl, and we can have a Barbara Oracle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> who's, who's in a wheelchair? I think yeah. that would be peak DC. That would DC, be... if you're listening. Yeah. That's free. You can have that. <laughs> there I you won't go. even charge you. Yeah, because it is kind of lazy and kind of cheesy to have Batwoman and Batgirl. Oh, no, that's not. That's, no, that's fine. Whatever. We got, we got, I mean, just because, like, the other guy Batmans don't call themselves Bat something. I mean, Robin and Nightwing and Red Robin are all still just Batman light, which is (laughs) what Batgirl is to Batwoman. Fair enough. Do we have to do any shout out for uh, Carrie Kelly? She kind of gets an honorable mention I, as a... I always give her an honorable mention. I mean, she has so little comics to work with that, like, it's hard to be like, she's bad or good. But considering... She was pretty cool in what she, she did show cool. up. She was pretty cool, yeah. For, for a woman who just, like, waltzed into the Batcave was like, I took a lot of gymnastic classes. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty good, right? I'm yeah. like, I guess. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. She's got a nice little partner hair. <laughs> she's got a lovely little partner hair. I was so confused about... Were you confused about why the Robin and the Lego Batman movie looks like Carrie Kelly, even though it's Dick? Yeah, I guess they just, that's, I don't know, maybe they just combine stuff or like... I guess, it was just such a weird choice. The Carrie Kelly glasses on a Dick Grayson Robin. I'm like, oh, is Dick nearsighted now? Yeah. (laughs) new Lego version? That's going to make the trapeze a little awkward, though. Ooh, mm, you should get LASIK. Yeah, because if you can't see, then I'm like, "Mm, I'm not really... You're not going to be fighting a lot of crime. No, I'm not really comfortable with this whole arrangement. Like, you got to catch people, too, with trapeze. (laughs) Well, how do you feel about Robins, though? Because I'm usually very alone in my Robin love. No, I'll give, uh, after all the time and everything, I'll give it to you. I think Tim is like the gold standard now, oh, I think. We're going to get along just fine. Um, <laughs> but obviously Dick, um, he is like the second, like, he's up there, I guess, with Tim. Like, I don't know if it's maybe like, it might be even, even. But uh, yeah, totally like, um, Jason needs to go. I, I was around for some of that Jason stuff and I did not like him. And I was happy with what the Joker's work. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great job. Yeah, I... Uh, Thank you, Joker. Thank you, Joker. Although it did later in year, later years, we, I mean, Under the Red Hood is a really great storyline. So, yeah. Eventually, when, when he's just an adult with guns, I'm like, oh, okay. When you're not a Robin, this yeah. is acceptable. With the bat symbol on the chest too. Yeah. It's kind of weird and like. What are you gonna do? He's, um, he's a jerk. But as for Damien, Damien, it depends who's writing him. I find. Mm. Uh, some people make him a little bit more jerky. Oh, I think everything I've read is people just making him a bit more jerky yeah. then. Yeah. Because I, I honestly can't even pick up a comic book with Damien in it anymore. It's it's painful to me. I hate that kid so much. I hate and he that. died, too. Oh, I loved when he died. Yeah. Oh, that was... When they brought him back to life, I was so upset. It was such a weird way to bring him back, to. He had to go to Apocalypse. Yeah, and Batman get, like, had to go to Apocalypse. Magic crystals and shit. And I was like, he was a clone boy, wasn't he? How is this the way we're bringing this guy back? Like, yeah. Clearly, there should be a Damien clone out there somewhere for a much easier storyline. To get this kid back. But it also... The reason I also don't mind Damien as much is because it also makes sense to me. I think eventually he would become Batman. I think Tim would have his own... I think Tim feels much more of an own his own man. Mm-hmm. And he would kind of go on his own way. Kind of like, uh, like Nightwing. And yeah, kinda yeah. Like I don't think... I agree. I don't think Tim ever wants to be Batman. And I could see Damien as Batman. And I don't think I'd mind it that much. 
I think I just really hate him as Robin because I don't think I'd mind him if his name wasn't Robin. Because I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what Robins are? They're lighthearted and they don't murder people like you do. That's a big no-no <laughs> for the Robin to-do list. Yeah, but when you're trained by assassins, you don't really have a lot of like... Give a damn. I All don't right. Care. We yeah. have a very clear no-killing policy in the Bat family. All right. Damien has broken it several times. Yeah, if he was just some vigilante kid who was called something else, I wouldn't mind. But like, he's wearing the mantle of the Robins. And I, I, don't, I think he's like, doesn't wear it well. Okay. Mm -hmm. On that note, can you introduce yourself? Now we've got... <laughs> now that you know my innermost thoughts about Robin. We have to get that out of the way to establish a little bit who you are. Now we're going to get a little bit deeper. So establish, uh, give us your name and uh, what it is that you do and the reason you're here. Uh, I'm Diana McCollum. I'm the co-creator of the From Superheroes Network. So I'm the co-creator of... Uh, text from superheroes the webcomic so if you've ever seen like a photoshop of a text between two superheroes i probably photoshopped that and wrote it um so that's really taken off that's been on we've been on crack.com time.com uh robert denny jr has shared our stuff a bunch of times um Clark greg has shared our stuff uh who plays iceman which ashmore is that whichever sean? ashmore played iceman sean? <laughs> i think it's sean <laughs> probably yeah. sean the canadian one they're both canadian they're twins <laughs> <laughs> Well, it might have been an X-Men plot. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, so Text from Superheroes is a really big thing. We're really proud of that. Um, but we also do a YouTube channel called Sketch from Superheroes. So we do funny sketches about superheroes. And uh, we have a podcast called Talk from Superheroes, where the two of us just pick a superhero movie or TV show, and we discuss it for an hour. So basically, we're the one-stop place for all your superhero comedy needs. Comics and stuff. Comics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We would fit in great on the newly minted Comics and Stuff podcast. Fair <laughs> enough. And what kind of came first for you as a little child? Was it the comics? Was it the comedy? Or like, what was kind of like the uh, first kind of creative spark that kind of floated into your life? Mm, the first thing was Batman the Animated Series. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what got me into superheroes. Paul Dini and yeah, Bruce yeah. Tam. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, Amazing that's the gold stuff. standard. That's the gold standard. But the greatest thing about the 90s was that on the same day, you could watch Batman the Animated Series and then like two episodes of Batman 66 on YTV. So I'm getting like two hours of Batman every day yeah. as a kid. So I'm like, well, Batman is the shit. <laughs> but we didn't have a comic book store in my hometown. I'm from New Brunswick, real small town. We didn't have a comic book store. So I would have bought comics. Um, and I loved Batman, but I had a cousin who got his comics in the mail, like a savage. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's super cool that he got comics in the mail. Um, but, but you miss out on the whole experience, though. Of, like, going to the store and stuff? Yeah, the well, smell I mean, if and you're, the... If your hometown doesn't have a comic book store, what are you going to do? Um, so he had comics, and, uh, and he had a huge collection, and no one to talk about comics with, because no one he knew was a big nerd. So he would just lend me stacks and stacks of Batman comics. That's a good person. And, oh, he was... Well, I mean, he did it for selfish reasons. He wanted someone to talk about Batman comics yeah. with. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he had really great, complete collections. So, like, he'd give me, like, Detective, Dark Knight, um, the whole original Nightwing run, the whole original Tim Drake run, which is probably why I love Tim Drake so much. Um, Nightfall, Death in the Family. He, um, he gave me the killing joke probably too early. I don't think I was old oh. enough to read that story. Yeah. That goes, there's a period there where Batman goes super dark. Like, well, Batman's always been a little dark, and then... And then there's just, like, everyone's like, what if, what if the Joker was just, like, real crazy, and, like, he'll shoot Barbara and kill Jason in the same year. And wearing a Hawaiian shirt, too. It was so <laughs> <laughs> disturbing. So <I'm> disturbing. <laughs> um, so he would lend me tons of comic books um, for, like, just everything. I read 
hundreds of his comic books. So that got me really into it. And then in high school, we did get a comic book store. Oh. And I got a pull list. Oh. <laughs> and I used all my, I had a paper route and I used all my paper route money to buy comic books. This is a classic story. Classic here. tale. Classic, yeah. yeah. I feel, feel like I'm in like a movie that like just doesn't even make, that it seems unrealistic. Like yeah. you had a paper route to pay for your comic books. It's not the <laughs> 1950s. Yeah. Are you like battling monsters or something in your treehouse afterwards? And like? No, I'm mostly just like, I was. In high school, I drew for a bit, but I don't know why. I wasn't very good at it. I don't even know if I liked it. So I, I got rid of the drawing pretty soon. But um, I was always kind of just writing things. I wrote a lot of fan fiction. And uh, I wrote a lot of fan fiction. About Batman or in general? Um, or which characters? in general. But yeah, there was some Batman fan fiction to start. Oh, mostly Young Justice fan fiction. I loved Young Justice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Tim Drake leading a team of young superheroes. Yeah. That, was, that was my jam. Yeah. I, was, I was so upset when that got canceled. DC had a great run for animation there for, like, that window, eh? Oh, yeah, because then, like, Justice League Animated came out. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like uh, Justice League Unlimited as much. I was like, that's too many characters. I'm very young. <laughs> they, I thought they did a great job with Justice League Unlimited in terms of, like, they got good actors for each of the voices, mm. even for some of the oh, minor they characters. They really did. Like, as, an, as an adult rewatching Unlimited, I'm like, yeah. this is really good. It is as really good. As a kid, good. I was like, who are these yeah. people? <laughs> Why is there a cowboy all of a sudden in the middle of this mix? And like, <laughs> Why is there a whole episode about Stargirl? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I was really into all the cartoons. Um, real into comics. I'm um, just writing, like, fan fictions and stuff. I loved Young Justice. Um, and then I went to school for acting. And I was still, like, kind of writing on the side. And um, acting wasn't going great. I moved to Vancouver to study act to like pursue acting after I graduated, and uh, and it was um, I just had a lot of downtime and I started writing for Cracked.com, the the comedy website, um, and I mostly wrote co articles about comic books because that's what I knew and I liked comedy. Um, and Batman '66 taught me that like com comic book superheroes can be really funny yeah. if you do them right. So I wrote a lot for them, and then uh, yeah, just time went on and I really I was really enjoying writing for the internet. I wrote for a bunch of other sites just um, in my free time and. I was making a little bit of money that way, but I really wanted something that was like mine, something that I made myself about comic books, um, and I couldn't draw, so I was like, well, what can I, what can I fucking make? Yeah. <laughs> if you can't draw, you're not just going to jump into writing DC comics or Marvel yeah. comics or anything. Um, so then I saw um, Text from Dog, that old, I don't know if Text from Dog is still around, it was just an old webcomic about a guy who texted his dog. And I was like, oh, I could make that about superheroes. I could just do text from superheroes. That's easy enough. You just change the avatar image to a superhero. Um, and it was really easy. And no one had done it before. And I was like, oh, I, that seems like something someone would have done. So uh, my What year is this, roughly? Uh, that was in 2012. Okay. Yeah. So then I asked my boyfriend at the time and at the current time now, um, Andrew Ivey, my co-creator, if he wanted to do it with me. Um, and he said yes. And we just started writing texts and posting them. And they, they just slowly started to get more and more popular. And now they're like kind of an internet phenomenon. Everyone I tell, well, pretty much every nerd I tell that I make this, they don't know who I am, but they know the thing I've made, which is a weird kind of fame. That's kind of internet fame though, isn't it? It's kind of internet fame. I feel like it's, I feel like it's an even weirder internet fame because there's like two of us who make the webcomic. Cause I think most, most webcomics are one person. Like Ryan North does dinosaur comics. Kate Beaton does everything she does. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but we're a webcomic that has two creators. So I feel like people don't check who makes it as much. And like, we don't put our name on it as much as other people. So it's, it's, it's still great. I mean, our, our product is popular. So what do we care? Yeah. If we're popular, we're kind of popular through our product. Mm -hmm. so Keep yeah, your head it's up. Just, yeah, and then we just like 
we got kind of tired of just doing the text. So we're like, well, let's do a YouTube channel as well. Andrew's a stand-up comedian. We know like all the stand-up comedians in Toronto. So we're like, it's going to be easy to get actors who are really funny. Um, the YouTube channel is really fun to do. Um, we just write nerdy sketches about superheroes and try to come up with cheap ways to make costumes, which is sometimes very difficult. Yes. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, I think Tony Stark would be in a casual suit in this scene and <laughs> not in the Iron Man armor. There you go. Cut those corners. Mm -hmm. Got to cut those corners. And uh, yeah, then last year we launched our podcast, Talking Superheroes, and that's going really well, too. So. So go to back to the text for a moment. How does what's the creative process for that? Like, how do you and Ant, do you have like a punchline idea or something, or like Iron Man sitting around talking to Thor? Like, do you have an image or how? What's kind of uh, how does the whole thing get started? It's it goes back and forth. Sometimes we're just talking and we have an idea and we'll just write it down and then one of us goes aside later and makes it a full text. Um, sometimes we just write on our own. Um, it's not often an image. It's usually, it's usually us discussing something and like, we'll just do a funny voice or we'll be watching like Avengers cartoons and we're like, wait a minute, Hawkeye has a weird arrow. Let's write a joke about that. Um, yeah, it's really just things we talk about and then they become texts. Yeah. And we both have like different things that we're better at. Like, I think I'm good at coming up with premises for the text, like the, 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 the idea in general. And then Andrew's really good at the actual dialogue of getting the punches in there. So we're a good team like that. But it, yeah, it's 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 a really hard job. We got to watch a lot of cartoons and a lot of superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's real rough. <laughs> it's not. Are you <laughs> in terms of watching cartoons? Are you watching? New, there's a lot of new stuff that's coming out now. But are you also going back and watching stuff too, or how you um, how? What's your diet like? We'll watch if there's no new stuff. We'll go back and watch old stuff. Like we just recently rewatched um, Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes, which is so good. Really? Oh, ah. oh Earth Might yes, because there's two Avengers shows. Yeah. Earth Mightiest Heroes is so good, and Avengers Assemble is awful, and it's no fun, and I don't like it, and okay. I can't believe they canceled Earth Mightiest Heroes for that crappy show. That's the way the work system oh, works, doesn't it? That's the way the system works, and it's terrible, because that first show was great. Um, so yeah, we'll rewatch re that. Um, yeah, we'll just go rewatch things. Like we've rewatched the X Men '90s show through like three times. We've yeah. rewatched the '90s Spider Man show like twice. Um, but it's not even really for ideas. It's just for like, we love these shows yeah. <laughs> and we get ideas from them. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a great way to live. Thanks for net. Thank you. Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> basically it, so much easier. it is making it easier. And DC now is cranking out just movie after movie after movie, like animated movie. So they are, but they're not as good as they used to be. I don't yeah. sure if I've really enjoyed an animated movie for a while that they've put out mostly cause they all star Damien now. Um, I think Justice League War was pretty good. Oh, the Aquaman one wasn't bad. Oh, but, I didn't uh, see Aquaman one. The Aquaman I... one wasn't bad at all. It was yeah. pretty good. But, uh, but yeah, like the other ones they're putting out, like all these Batman ones are, ugh, they're no good at all. And I just really miss Bruce Tim. Although the next one is him. It's, yeah. Yeah. Him and Harley, Batman and Harley Quinn is the Bruce Tim one. So I'm like, fingers crossed that's going to be good. Yeah. What was about Batman? You kind of touched upon it a little bit, but you're watching Batman animated adventures. What was it about Batman that kind of spoke to you or kind of like you connected with Batman? I think I really like heroes that have to like earn their place. Um, I've never been super drawn to anybody who just gets powers and didn't want to be a hero. I really like people who like want to help people. They have to work really hard for it. Like, that's why I love Batman. I love Robin. Um, I love Iron Fist, although it's hard to love Iron Fist a lot these days because of Netflix's show. But, um, but like Iron Fist again, had to like train really hard and work really hard. So I really like heroes that like have to put an effort in and be like, no, I wasn't just struck by lightning or born this way. I like made a choice to be work really hard and help people like Daredevil's kind of the same. Yeah. The Brubaker run, I was going to say, for Iron Fist. Oh, the Brubaker run for Iron Fist is yeah. so good. I mean, even the new one, Power Man and Iron Fist, was really fun, too. 
Uh, no, I did some of that. Was it Carrie Andrews or Carrie Andrews? No, Andrew? no, that that was just the Iron Fist run. Yeah, was that was terrible. Oh, that was awful. So, it was, yeah, because it it's just after nobody's really kind of captured that same karate magic, I guess, as the Brubaker run. The Brubaker run was so good. It was very like, 70s, even though it was modern. Like Yeah, and it had fun, just like a good story, really well told, but like had fun elements of like Mortal Kombat when the seven yeah. when the seven cities started getting involved. And you're like, oh shit, this is intense and like fun new characters, but there was still like stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a great run. Yeah. But Brubaker knows what he's doing. He always does a great run. And then, um, so you eventually get a comic book store, and then uh, you well, are... Well, not my own, but there's one you, in the city. You're one in the city, and you got your paper route now. So. <laughs> you got my paper route. Um, I think I also worked at a bingo hall. I oh. had a lot of jobs in high school. Man, these are classic jobs. <laughs> bingo hall worker, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that job still exists. You, you need a runner, though. What happens when somebody yells out bingo? Somebody needs to check it, don't that they? That was my job. Yeah, I guess, the bingo runner. I guess they're not going to get robots for that. No robots for bingo runners. Yeah, because then, like, yeah, you could, like, hack the robot, and they're like, yeah, he got bingo for sure. <laughs> yeah, all those old ladies at bingo <laughs> hacking the bingo robot. <laughs> yeah, you don't trust those old ladies. They all say they have arthritis, and then they, it's just a lie. They are sketchy old ladies. They they're, like, they they try to trick you. They're, like... I paid for 10 tickets, and I'm like, I gave you 10. They're like, you gave me five. I'm like, I gave you 10 mm. tickets. Yeah. They're, they want things. That's the thing, though. Everyone takes the old ladies at their face value, but when you hang out in those places, like the bingo mm. hall, whatever, it's all, like, all bets are off. Oh, like, yeah, especially when they're, like, all together, and they, like, they get rowdy, and like, well, we're all going to get get away with it. We're all going to get our free bingo tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looks like a sucker. I did look like a sucker as a high school kid. I mean, every high school kid does. Who's going to say no to, like, an old grandma being like, you owe me five more tickets, dearie? (laughs) Not going to be like, you're lying, grandma. Yeah. I don't think you need that cane either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As an adult, I might say that. As a 16-year-old high school kid, Mm -hmm. I would not. Fair enough. So you got your paper out and you're in the comic book store. What did you graduate then from Batman then? What was kind of like the next couple of things that kind of caught your eye or kind of as you progressed? What did graduate? Um... It was a lot of Batman, Bat Family, just like, so then like the natural progression was like the Tim Drake, Robin run, uh, Young Justice, as I said, which went into Teen Titans when that just, the two titles kind of merged together in the early 2000s, I think. What else did I get? Um, I got Nightwing, obviously, because yeah, whole Bat Family. Um, I got weirdly into Fantastic Four, but I think I just had a crush on Chris Evans and it like wafted over into what I was reading in the comic books because he played like Human Torch in the movie. Yeah. But that's kind of late. I must have been reading something because that was 2005. What was I reading before that though? I think I just pick up like weird random titles. Like I loved Hitman. I loved Resurrection Man. Well, the Resurrection Man oh. only had like 12 issues or yeah. 24 issues or the something. The irony of somebody that keeps coming back. And he <laughs> he can come back. <laughs> that's really funny. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Resurrection Man's amazing. Although they did try to relaunch him in the new 52. I know. I, I was didn't so like it. I know. It, it wasn't w- the same. Yeah, they just didn't know what to do with him. Like, no, you couldn't You couldn't recapture that Garth Ennis feel. Yeah. Like, there's something real special about him. And, oh, God, I can't remember his artist. Ah. Whoever uh, Garth Ennis' artist usually is. All right, we'll just let it go. Um, uh, but, yeah, and then they would also do the cheesy thing, too, where, like, they felt, I don't know if it was an editorial decision or whatever, but they always felt they had to kill him, too, in every uh, issue. Like, oh, he wouldn't last more than an issue with that powers. That was what I love, though. No, no, no. That was the best part of the comic. Well, no, I meant for, like, the New 52 run, especially. Oh, the new 52. Yeah, they were just a little bit more over the top with how they would, like, kind of kill him and, like, you know what I mean? Like, he would basically last, like, two or three panels, and they're like, okay, now we got to kill him. 
It's like this like thing just falls on you now. Oh, just randomly. Yeah. yeah. I think I only read like three issues. I wasn't in. No, I read the whole thing. You I read the whole, whole thing. thing? Yeah, How I, many issues did it get? I think it might have gone up to twelve or fifteen, maybe twenty. Oh wow, that's more than I expected. Yeah, I know it was more than I expected too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he kept coming back. <laughs> so. <laughs> But maybe we'll see him again. He's got a longer rest restitution period yeah. now than he but used to have. But it's a have. cool concept, though. It's such a cool concept. I would be so excited for every issue to be like, what are his powers mm. gonna be? And I think like he would even like kill himself sometimes when his powers were shitty. He'd be like, yeah. well, his power sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Telepathy. What am I gonna do yeah. with this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Would you ever like incorporate a character like that in your text because it's a little bit more of an obscure character, or is there kind of like those parameters you guys have? We've kind of got a rule of we do three texts a week and two of them have to be very accessible, like Spider-Man, Iron Man, yeah. Batman. And then one a week we'll let ourselves get like real nerdy. And that text will never do well, but the real nerds will be like, this was a great joke. Yeah. Um, like one joke we had was like, the, I think the deepest cut we had was like, uh, it was Cyclops and Cable, and Cyclops is or and Cyclops is dead, and the Star Jammers. Um, Corsair? No, Corsair. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and like they got like no hits, but there was like three comments of like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever read." I'm like, "You three people are <laughs> yeah. welcome yeah. for this Corsair joke that <laughs> nobody asked for." Yeah. So we uh, we'll go obscure sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's nice, though. You're helping all the people, though. We're helping all the people. I mean, it's kind of even hard to get obscure these days. I remember when we first started, because it was 2012, and I wanted to write a lot of Iron Fist jokes, because I love Iron Fist. But back then, we were like, no one knows who Iron Fist yeah. is. And now, just like five years later, it's like, oh, no, everybody knows who Iron Fist is. He's got multiple books now. He's got a TV show. He's on the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, um, which is not a bad cartoon. Yeah, it's hard now also, too, because I find, like, I get the same thing. A lot of civilians come up to me and they're like, who's this character? Like, when uh, the last X-Men came out, like, who's Apocalypse? And then it's like, oh, I don't know how to put all that together. Ooh, yeah. You who's Apocalypse? Yeah, like, Ooh. even in some of the Avengers movies or whatever, like, with Thanos and stuff, the little mm -hmm. kind Thanos of... Thanos is hard. I'm not looking forward to explaining Steppenwolf to my family uh, for yeah. Justice League. I'm like, I barely even know. Oh, my God. Who's Steppenwolf? Yeah. <laughs> and then you also want to just, like, you also want to, like, ramble like a drunk hobo and just, like, get like mm -hmm. so apocalypse was the first and then you just don't want to like pull out the pointer and then the whole like well you also yeah you kind of have to warn people you're like are you sure you're ready mm -hmm. for the answer to this question or do you want like a, a one sentence answer yeah who this guy is and then when you go see the movie they only use like two percent of maybe a whole history yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. you only need the one sentence answer yeah for most movies so. he's the bad guy he's the bad guy <laughs> yeah he's he's got powers and nothing well also like with apocalypse especially if anyone asked me to explain apocalypse Nothing I told them would have been in X-Men Apocalypse because yeah. his powers were weird and bullshitty and he wasn't <laughs> Apocalypse at all. So yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, because we were just now in the bar just arguing about uh, the new Deadpool movie coming up and they got Cable in there. And we were there's a rumor that maybe Hope Summers would be in there. And it's just like, how do you incorporate all this Hope Summer stuff and mm -hmm. like the Cyclops backstory and the time travel yeah. and the side complex? And For I'm sure. like, it's, well, like it all just gets like kind of meshed down to its core. It's like. Hope Summers can be called that, but she probably won't actually be like a Summers. But like, then again, time travel is hard. But you need a special baby. You just can't time travel for a regular baby. You need. You, need, you can't. Just, just any baby can time yeah. travel. You can have a special mutant baby. Yeah, <laughs> a mutant baby's worth time travel. That should be a T-shirt. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be rough because I mean, it's a lot to throw into one movie. Hope Summers and time travel yeah. and. Pure um, fires and like yeah. Who burning. was in Messiah Complex? That it wasn't Nimrod. It was Nimrod from the future. Uh, that I it was remember. one of those Nimrod yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Oh wait, it was like a robot called Sebastian or something. Yeah, that I remember a bell. because he killed Nightcrawler and I cried. Yeah, I, I cried on a plane. It was so embarrassing. I bought oh. Messiah Complex as a trade because mm-hmm. I've been waiting for the whole thing, and I'm on a plane and like there's two people next to me and I get to where Nightcrawler died and there's tears down my cheeks and I'm like I am the most exposed you can possibly <laughs> be. It was his death hit me hard. A lot of the X, all I think almost every X Men's now died at least once. Oh man, you'd be more special if you hadn't died than if you had. Yeah. At this point. Has Storm died? I'm gonna. Maybe she hasn't. Storm might be really holding on there. Yeah. That'd be an interesting like infographic to see who. <laughs> the one time the black woman didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> it's Storm. Yeah. Because I think. Well, there might be like a one shot where she died for like a few minutes. It's weird what you count as a death. Yeah, and they also kind of, like, some of the characters fade away after a certain point. Like, uh, Kitty Pride was up in the space or whatever. She was, she hologrammed into the, that bullet yeah, or Star-Lord. something. Oh, 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 the in the Whedon run. Yeah. That was great. And so, oh, that was such a great story. She wasn't dead, but they kind of, like, wrote her off. And then, mm-hmm. like, they kind of just moved on. We're like, well, that was fun. We'll miss her. And then we'll they just kind of went on their way. I'm like, yo, but she's like. She's, where is she? <laughs> well, then she came back as a ghost for a while. Like, she was stuck in corporeal. Yeah. I don't know how she became recorporeal, but she's normal again now. I always regret, like, when I have those kind of things, I'm like, I don't remember how she became solid either. I always regret going back and, like, looking up on Wikipedia or, like, trying to find the issue because I'm like, that's what, how they did it? And it's always the dumbest thing. Like. I mean, but Wikipedia is weird. It's weird when you read something on Wikipedia because it can feel really dumb reading it summarized, but it might not seem dumb when you read the comic because it also sounds really dumb that she was inside a giant bullet that was going to destroy the Earth. Yeah. But that was such a good story. <laughs> it was a good story, yeah. But it, when you describe it, it's so stupid. Well, yeah, and then the X-Men just leave her. I'm like, you have all the technology and all this gear and you can't solve this? No, you got a guy who can control metals and <laughs> yeah. you're just like, no, nah, that bullet's gone. Like, yeah, we'll just write her off. We have other mutants. <laughs> She's, she's way out of there. I'm like, you guys have so much. Like, get the Fantastic Four to go get her. Yeah. They have so many ships. You have time travel. I mean, they have very. Li- time travel so limited, though. You have to know the right person. They have to be currently in the time zone that you're in. Well, yeah, they screwed it over now because they brought in the original five again. Ugh. So that way, then they could do the whole, like, Gene and then she becomes Phoenix and, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm kind of okay with that. It's. It's just so convoluted. I feel like I feel like I feel like an old lady to be like when I was reading comics, they were so much more straightforward. They weren't though. I I started X Men during Claremont's run, mm-hmm. without the internet, and so. Well, that's the thing. When we didn't have internet, I feel like they couldn't make it so complicated because you couldn't reference anything. You couldn't go online and be like, "Where did this story even end?" Because yeah. sometimes you just don't know because it was a crossover. Yeah, and Claremont was just building and building and building for things. So he would just put in all kinds of seeds and, like, uh, villain backstories and just the way he would shift things. And, like, I'm like, this is a lot of work. That's why, like, stuff like Batman and stuff was, like, really straightforward. Mm-hmm. Well, Batman was straightforward. I think it felt straightforward to me because I got – I picked up every Batman family issue. So – but I feel like if I didn't – if I – like, I feel like you can't just read one Batman, though. Like, if you're just reading Detective, I think it crossed over way too much with other stuff. Like, you would have – Maybe not been confused, but you would have missed out on stories ending at least. You'd be like, "This was finished in Batman Regular, not a yeah. Detective." It was like, "Ah, oh, well, then I gotta go pick up Detective." Yeah, um, it's so expensive to be a comic book fan. <laughs> Thank God we have Wikipedia, so we don't have to pick up every issue. Yeah, and then of course too, you also have like nerds. Like, cause I'll sometimes like I'll borrow stuff from a friend or whatever. Cause oh, it's like, thank God for 
our side yeah, each other. Because it's sometimes it's like, I want to try this book, but I'm not 100% mm-hmm. so I'm like, so. And also the library's got an oddly great selection. I mean, yeah, speaking, library's just killing it. for Toronto, there's great, and like, and you can get like any book you want delivered to any library you visit. The library's freaking great, you guys. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I'm also not opposed to just like sitting in a comic book store and reading it and then putting it back on the shelf real quick. The classic tradition, <laughs> the though. Classic tradition. Yeah. Why do you have chairs if you don't want me to do this, Silver yeah. Snail? <laughs> it's on you. There you go. <laughs> what is the? Uh, you mentioned like your boyfriend as well. He's kind of connected with the uh, the stand-up comedy scene. And uh, for people that don't know, Toronto does have a really robust uh, comic book community as well. How would you kind of like describe it, or how have you found it? Um, I found the comic book community. Like, through several different means. Um, when I met Andrew, he was already going to uh, an event called Nerd Mafia that I don't think they do anymore. Nerd Mafia used to be, like, a hangout at a bar. It was near it was near the Hard Rock. I forget which bar it was. But uh, it was just, like, a bunch of nerdy people in the community who got together. Um, so I met a couple people that way. But then it was mostly just, like, at cons. Um, a big component of it was Comic Shop Ladies Night, which I'm actually one of the organizers for here in Toronto now. Um, so when you go to comic shop ladies night, it's like, you know, they close the comic book store, it's just ladies in there. So just nerdy ladies, just, uh, just talking about comics and we find out what each other does. You're like, I have a web comic. I, I work at a different comic book store. I write books and like, I'm an illustrator. So you meet all these great ladies in Toronto and then like they knew more ladies and some dudes and, um, and also fan was a big part. We have some good, we have some pretty good cons here. Um, we used to have wizard world. I don't know why they stopped coming here. Yeah, why did they stop coming here? Because they had, like, not a bad con. They had, like, Xander, and they had Julie Benz, yeah. I remember. Because it was the first con I went to in Toronto. It was actually Wizard World, not Fan Expo. I've been to a couple of other Wizard Worlds in the States, like in Philadelphia and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they're just they're just kind of like a fun con. I guess it's just like a yeah, relaxed it was, one. It was real relaxed, yeah, yeah. It was just really easy to wander around and see everybody. Um, so that was when I started, like, talking to people at booths. Um was Wizard World and then at Fan Expo. Just talk to people at booths. And it's it's way easier when you like have something that you also create. So like if I go up to people, I'm like, I make text from superheroes and they like kinda know what it is and even they don't, I'm like, I'm a creator as well. Um, I'm one of you. I'm one of you, I swear. I, you can Google my website. Yeah. It's real. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's just a matter of finding your your people. Cause I mean at every because also, at, like, you don't even have to go to Fan Expo. Because, like, every time there's Fan Expo, there's also, like, nerd parties all around town. You can go to, uh, what's the, Geek Noise? Is that what it's called? Which one is that the one? Nerd Noise. Nerd, nerd Noise. noise. Oh, nerd yes. Noise is always okay. the same weekend. So that's just, like, nerdy bands mm-hmm. playing all weekend. That's a great one. Um, Netflix think... is throwing parties now, too, here. Oh, yes. I missed out on the Daredevil one. I hear it was great. I had a friend who went. She's like, this is, like, an abandoned church, and they're playing the Daredevil shows on the wall. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. my God, why did I miss this? Yeah, it was fun. It's fun, yeah. Um, So really, yeah, just go on Facebook and, like, try to find, like, one event and then one nerdy event. And then all the suggested events after that will also be very nerdy events. It's great. You're going to be at Fan Expo this year. I am going to be at Fan Expo this year. It's my first year as a guest. I actually usually go as press. Um, Just do, like, High five for being a guest. Yeah, thank you. I'm very excited. Um, I usually just go and do some interviews for the the podcast. But, uh, yeah, we're doing a panel called, uh, what's it called? Um, starting your geeky career online. So it's uh, us, we're, me and Andrew are talking about from superheroes. Um, Luke Gordon Field, the creator of the Beaverton, is on the panel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he created the... Pretty clever. He's very smart. He created the website and he also is the showrunner of like the TV show, The Beaverton. Um, and then also Will Perkins will be on the panel. He is the owner of Dork Shelf and of Art of the Title. And Art of the Title is an amazing website. If you haven't gone, they uh, they talk to the 
creators of like famous title sequences in movies and TV shows, and it's so interesting stuff. Like to, speaking of Deadpool, they interviewed like the guys who made that crazy Deadpool opening for yeah. the movie, where it's just like the still image, and you just wrap around everyone with those hilarious credits going by. They did a really great piece on it. They get exclusive stuff. So if you like title sequences or art or graphic design, check out Art of the Title. And uh, yeah, I don't know what day our panel is, but uh, check your schedule. And you also be. Uh Actually, I don't know. It'll be out October, right? You'll be uh, pimping February. It's February. Be, I think it's pre. I think you can pre-order it in October. That's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit on the no, trolley. No, no, that's fine. I mean, the pre-orders are so early these days. I'm yeah. like, why is it available in October? Like, you're gonna forget you ordered it. Yeah, it just comes in the mail. What was this? I was waiting <laughs> what for was Resurrection I, Man. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could probably pre-order Resurrection Man, but it won't come out until like 2020. Yeah. Uh, so explain the, this project that we're talking about, like, because uh, there's a whole bunch of, I think it's all ladies, right? It's all... The first one was all ladies. So um, it's an anthology from Dark Horse. Uh, I was in the first one called Secret Loves of Geek Girls. Um, so it's all just true stories um, from some some happy, some sad, some just media, uh, medium um, of ladies talking about dating and geek culture and, like, their stories with dating and there's prose and there's comics and there's poems and there's everything and it's a great a great anthology from Dark Horse that came out a year year and a half ago now but there's a sequel coming out called The Secret Loves of Geeks and they just took the girls off because it's girls and guys this time yeah <laughs> um, so this time it's girls and guys but I'm also in the sequel um, so that's coming out from Dark Horse um, and there's like a lot of great people in it Margaret Atwood's in it um, I think I think Marguerite Bennett came back she was in the first one I know more of the girls in the Hope, first one I think is in Hope it? Nicholson is the uh, editor who puts it all together and I think she probably has another piece in this one and she is fantastic I love Hope Nicholson she does great um, she does great kickstarters for great comic books anthologies all the time um, so she's putting it all together so that is available for pre-order in October and it comes out in February and I'm really excited I can't wait to have two books on my shelf that I've been in um, so I'm really yeah it'll be just a fun read about like nerdy geeky dating and like you'll find just stories you relate to and maybe stories you don't relate to and you'll learn a little thing Hope's really good at getting um, really diverse writers so like the first one was all girls but it was like different you know different races different ages it was like there was like a 13 year old and there was like a 65 year old trans girls non-binary so like there's something for everyone in these books it's so fantastic you never feel alone if you've got a secret loves book so <laughs> i think they're really really good books for that cool where can people find you online online i am on twitter at words of diana um, or I'm usually just on the at from superheroes account. Um, I have a Tumblr, which I think is also called Words of Diana. It's mostly just like Bucky pictures, so you don't need to visit that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a little bit of Robin and Iron Fist in there, but um, yeah, mostly just my. Uh, and I've got a fan book Facebook, a Facebook fan page, but whatever. It's mostly Twitter. Words of Diana, check me out. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. I love that you like opened with the Robin starter. That's the best way to open. That's it, right? We got right to the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Right to the important stuff. Uh, yeah. But we did issue. do comics and stuff. Like, comics and stuff. We your, covered your it, podcast right? podcast like, not, does not have the right name. No, I know. I'll have to go rebrand it. Thank you for coming in and hanging out and talking comics and stuff and Robin and uh, Fan Expo and other nerdy, your paper route. <laughs> My paper route? I wonder who's doing it these days. I should go back. I should go back home and be like, just scope it out. See yeah. Delivering those papers. See how their give wrist them, is. Give them hints. You yeah. can't throw the paper. It's too heavy now, eh? Well, no, you have to, because it can get wet and destroyed. You're supposed to go up to the door and put the paper in oh, the door. Oh, you care. You're one of the ones who no, care. No, like you're supposed to. Like, that's your job. Yeah. Or, they're, or they're gonna rat you out to the paper police. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay, on that note, we gotta end there. I don't know if there's a paper police or not. <laughs> we'll find we're out. Gonna, we're gonna leave it right there. 
Thank you so much for coming in. I'm your host, Sam Yunin, and this has been my summer layer. <laughs>